0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the BYU basketball tournament train embarks on arguably the most important week of the season. The Cougars are draining three so far this year, but is it sustainable? Plus, did BYU football just play the toughest regular season schedule in program history? Ah. Let's go!
1: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU
0: Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, December 10th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who is currently on a tour of recompense for All of his high school tiffs, Jerem Jordan.
2: Sounds like Billy Madison. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last night, Jonathan Tavernari, as you recall, in 2010, I think, uh, in the uh line after the game he and steve alford uh, had an interaction shall we say one that uh, steve alford was reprimanded for nationally uh where steve alford called uh johnson tobner a certain name that we shall not uh, mention on biotv uh last night uh they uh met up and hung out and uh after that game they had talked and kind of uh, reconciled right um, but Jonathan Tavernari went to the Merritt Center, met with Steve Alford after the game. He said, nothing but the utmost respect for these two. We were part of some of the greatest games in Mountain West Conference history. I'll be honest, I can't remember who the other guy is in this picture. Grateful to have had the chance to talk and laugh about uh, the past. Jonathan Tavernari will join us to we'll talk about the Nevada game. But uh, good to see Steve Alford
0: back in, uh, in the Merritt Center. Yeah, I recognize that face, former New Mexico basketball player. I can't put a name to yeah, the face. I can't remember either. But, uh, man, there were some epic, epic games between BYU and New Mexico. New
2: Mexico had BYU's number there for a while. So people forget, when Jimmer Fredette goes for 52, uh, breaks the single-game record and the career record, um, both uh, over Danny Ainge, BYU beats New Mexico. BYU used every ounce of fuel and gas in the tank to get through that game.
0: Without Brandon Davies. And then
2: lost to San Diego State. In the Mountainous Conference Championship game, so th- that was a huge win that year for BYU. The next year, right, Jonathan Tavernari. it, it was I think a year later, right, and then uh, you know Noah Hartsock at the at the rim gets blocked, you know at the at the end of a the game, there was some epic battles. So we'll have JT on uh, later in the show.
0: We will not have Billy Madison on the show.
2: We tried, we tried to get him, but uh, William uh, Madison, he goes by William. Now. Uh, Boy, am w-
0: I glad I called that guy. <laughs> <laughs> How about this Tuesday show lineup? Former BYU basketball star Jonathan Tavernari is going to join us live and discuss how he's still making up with Steve Alford and if BYU basketball really is NCAA tournament-bound this season. Lavelle Edwards and his ranking in ESPN's list of all-time greatest college football coaches, the legend is honored, plus a school record that is absolutely shattered. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball seeking a sweep of the Silver State's top two basketball programs in a four-day span. When Nevada visits the Marriott Center tonight, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, live on ESPNU. BYU currently averages more than 10 three-point makes per game. That's good for 12th in the country. Here's the thing. Nevada averages even more three-point makes per game. 10.7 to BYU's 10.5. Bums away tonight. Head coach Mark Pope knows all too well what kind of challenge BYU faces from the Wolfpack. Their backcourt is so explosive. Uh, it, all three guys in the backcourt, and they have a, a young man coming off the bench who's incredibly explosive in their front lines, physical and long. And this is going to be a great challenge for us. It's It's been a great rivalry. The game last year was great at Nevada, and, and we hope to get some payback tomorrow. Jazz Johnson. Jazz Johnson. Hard to forget that. Going from Portland to Nevada. Upgrade. Nevada enters tonight at number 55 How in the ESPN you. Basketball Power Index. Solid team. I will defend the 503 always. BYU will follow up tonight's game in the Beehive Classic this Saturday against Utah State at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Huge week ahead.
2: You're right. The schools are one thing. The cities are another. Mm-hmm. BYU football team met with the media yesterday in preparation for the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. Uh, Merry Christmas. Junior linebacker Isaiah Kapusi says the Cougars are focused on the prize. Delaney sat us down um, in a team meeting and just said, hey, the, the number one goal um, you know, going moving forward and, and really for the bowl game is to win the game. And so we really, you know, the whole team was, um, you know, kind of bought in. And a lot of times, you know, you see guys who are like, "Oh, it's the bowl game," and we'll just kind of go through the motions. And we've got finals and this and that, and just kind of, you know, are really lackadaisical about it. But Kalani was really adamant about, you know, us knowing that this game was a game to win. Seven and five Cougars play the nine and five Hawaii Rainbow Warriors on December 24th. By the way, I realized why Hawaii is seven and five. It's because they played eight home games. That's why. If BYU had hosted eight home games, Cougars would be nine and three.
0: Yes, Hawaii is granted yeah. that exception to play 13 games yeah. because they're on the island.
2: But eight of those 13 were at home, not seven. Even more home games.
0: Hey, it would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> college Football Hall of Famer and legendary BYU football coach Lavelle Edwards ranked as the 22nd best college football coach in the 150-year history of the sport. This, according to a panel of 150 people consisting of media members, administrators, former coaches, and players. Wait until you hear what the panel said specifically about the great Lavelle. That's coming up in about 25 minutes.
2: And listen to this. Whitney Orton sets a new BYU indoor record in the 5,000 meters at the BU Sharon Collier Danville season opener. She ran a 15 2298 which brings us to our amazing stat of the day.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
2: Whitney Orton broke the BYU 5,000 meter indoor record by 28 seconds! I can't tell you how amazing this is. Also, I don't understand how this is even possible.
0: 28
2: seconds? That's
0: unbelievable. Whitney Orton channeling her inner Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman and going 28 seconds faster.
2: WW84 coming out next summer. Here we go. Can't wait. Wow, that's unbelievable. What track and field and cross country are doing right now is so fun to watch. They are crushing it.
0: Yes. Congratulations to the first team All-American. <laughs> first team is right. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking
1: about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, a BYU sports nation.
0: Let's play up those dramatics about what this upcoming week will mean to BYU men's basketball. The Cougars will take on... Two top 55 teams, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, in Nevada and Utah State. So yes, the Cougars can bolster an already bubbly NCAA tournament resume with quality wins against the Wolfpack and a massive opportunity against Utah State on Saturday. Jerem, looking at these two games, is this the most important two-game stretch left on the entirety of BYU's schedule. Probably. I don't see
2: St. Mary's and Gonzaga next to each other so that would top this, but I think so. One uh, stretch that I looked at and thought, well maybe this could compare, is the last two games of the regular season. So February 22nd, BYU hosts Gonzaga and then a week later, BYU will play at Pepperdine, a place that's been tough to win for BYU over the last couple
0: of years. Back-to-back tiered games according to Ken Palm.
2: Right, so Gonzaga is ninth in Ken Palm right now. Pepperdine 126. We'll see how it shakes out. But in terms of just straight up, metrics, numbers, BPI, strength schedule, canva, da, da da these two are the two. But I think in the final two we're probably going to say, hey, if BYU can somehow beat Gonzaga at home, that will really, really help right now. So I, I, I would argue that perhaps the last two games of the regular season are the toughest two-game stretch right for BYU. But this week's really important. If BYU wins both of these games, I think they're barely out or in the NCAA tournament conversation because the Utah State win would be really good. They're perceived as a really, really good team right now. Nevada's quality, top 100, and you go in BPI, 55 right now. So this would be a nice win. And somehow, BYU is an 8-point favorite in this. 8 points seems like a lot to me. And Ken Palm says 73% chance to win.
0: Nevada hasn't really played anybody, or I should say they haven't really beaten anybody. The three toughest games they've played, they've lost. They're 7-3, and, and now they're expected they did to lose come Utah.
2: BYU did as well.
0: beat BYU number 54 in Ken Palm in Provo. So yeah, I don't know about the eight points, but I do like BYU as maybe a five- or six-point favorite. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for sure. And to double down on what you were saying, per the Ken Palm ratings, BYU won't play back-to-back games against top 100 teams again this season. That's how it currently stands. Right. I mean, we don't know how things will shift and move, sure. but right now it looks we, like We know. Won't. We just won't tell you. Jerem, all of this said... As big as Nevada and Utah State are this week, the most important two-game stretch is what will happen in Vegas at the Orleans Arena during the West Coast Conference Tournament.
2: Oh, of course. I thought it was besides that.
0: That is the stretch. BYU has to win the opener of the WCC Tournament, and then they'll probably play St. Mary's. It's probably what's going to happen. And if BYU wants to get into the NCAA Tournament, it... I hate to say it, will probably come down to that semifinal yeah. against St. Mary's. At yeah, a, a quad win. One win, perhaps. But if BYU beats Utah State this week and then beats St. Mary's once during the regular season, they have four quad one wins. I, I don't know.
2: Assuming at, that the others are still quad one At
0: that point, is that enough or are they going to have to get a fifth potential quad one win and beat St. Mary's again in Go Las get five.
2: Vegas? Go get five. Holy don't. cow. BYU's in the West Coast Conference. They can't Think that there's any minimums allowed, right? So you have to probably get a fifth and go from there. Topic two: BYU basketball is shooting the three extremely well right now. You truth. just mentioned it. Seventh in the country, but that's all I say. It's true. What are you saying? Seventh in the country at forty-two percent. Third in makes, eighteenth in attempts. And as of yesterday, uh, we documented this: forty-point-eight percent of BYU's points coming from threes. That's seventeenth nationally. Last
0: year,
2: last year, I've uh, yeah, I've been uh, having plenty of those uh, recently with a cold. Last year, it was 26.8%, by the way. Ooh. BYU wasn't good. Jimmer's senior year, 30.8% j- just by comparison, okay? 10% better. Spencer, are these numbers sustainable?
0: I'm going to start with the 42%. You're making 42% of your threes, and you're shooting a ton of threes compared to the recent past. I don't think both of those numbers are sustainable, but I'll start with just the percentage of makes. 38% to me for this team is sustainable. It'll, it'll come down a little bit. 42% to expect BYU to do that the remainder of the season I think is almost unfair to the team. That is so good. Top, you expect BYU to be top 10 all year in three-point field goal percentage?
2: I expect, expect BYU to win the national championship in every sport. <laughs>
0: logic, <laughs> logic would suggest that number will drop a bit, especially when you get into conference play and teams can zero in on what BYU is trying to do offensively a bit more. Because they've seen the Cougars before. Typically, the pre-test is not as good defensively oh, the as pre-test. the midterm or the final, right? I remember those. Okay? Oh, You're going to learn man. more through the course of the season. You have more tape on a team. Yeah. Mark Pope is in his first year. You yes. the good news. You played against them. So that number is going to come down. That said, I still believe BYU is capable of making an average of 10 three-pointers per game Woo! on 26-ish attempts per game. They're going to shoot a ton. Please, They're going to shoot a ton. Please. Ten for yes. twenty-six is like right around that thirty-eight, thirty-nine percent mark. I yes. think BYU is capable of doing that on average.
2: Yes, I'm with you. Uh, for in the forties percentile is not going to happen. No, <laughs> that's too high. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Um, BYU in the thirties, though, high thirties. I, I think that's good. BYU has a lot of good shooters on this team. We've learned that. Well, my, my, I guess uh, question regarding the sustainability is the forty-two or the forty-one percent number. That forty-one percent of the points come from threes. I wonder if BYU, um, a season is long. I wonder if BYU adapts and evolves and starts to get to the rim a little more. Listen, John Calipari wrote a book. I can't remember the name of it. It wasn't that good. I I got one thing from it. He said, you should be shooting threes or laps. That's it. Don't shoot anything else. Just threes or laps. Those are the highest percentage shots. Um, Bang for your buck. Efficient, dot, dot, dot. So, I think that's what BYU is doing. Alex Barcelo and TJ Howes like a pull-up two occasionally. That's fine. I'm not saying don't shoot any mid-range, but take great shots. And you see it now. Guys will get to the rim, and then if it's contested at all, they're looking to kick out for an open three. Because you can go two possessions, and if you get A3 on those two, it was worth it.
0: I'm telling you, 10 for 26 is the mark. Jared, 10 as for a 26. Team. 10 for 26 is the mark. BYU's going to win a lot of basketball games if they can do that.
2: And right now, they're running on four games in a row of 10 plus three-point mix. That's never happened in BYU history. Pretty awesome.
0: Incredible. Keep it going! BYU football just played a regular season schedule that featured three opponents oh, in the, the current schedule. AP Top 25. Yes, let's four foes in the Top 25 of ESPN's Football Power Index. Nine bowl-eligible opponents and don't forget, maybe the worst Division One college football team ever in UMass. <laughs> Combine all of that together, and you have the 53rd toughest schedule in the country, according to ESPN's FPI. Jerem, was the 2019 schedule overall the toughest BYU football schedule ever?
2: It was pretty tough in a world. Yeah, it was very tough. Uh, Playing four power fives in a row like that was hard. BYU did play three of the first four at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm BYU played uh, some good teams, teams that were bowl eligible, but bowl eligibility is not that hard. You have to win half the games. Um, I don't know or care because guess what? Here's the point. What's the point of playing a tough schedule? There's no reward in college football for playing a tough schedule. In college basketball, there is. They say, you know what? You challenge yourself. You won enough. You are worthy of coming in here. The only reason it would be awesome to play a tough schedule and win is that you were in the college football playoff discussion.
0: Just beat Toledo and USF.
2: But even then, you have to win enough games. Look at Utah. They didn't play anybody, right? They play, and that includes BYU. BYU is nobody, 7-5. and five. BYU, uh, Utah didn't play any team, didn't beat any teams that won eight or more games, and those two were top 25 teams, and they lost. So... I, I don't know what the point... Was it? Yeah, you, no, it was the fifth! I have no idea. I just don't know what the point of this is. This being the tough schedule, not the conversation.
0: You want a reward? Okay, the best thing I can think of in terms of a reward is I put together a list of the top ten wins I think BYU's had in Independence in almost a decade. I feel like BYU got three of those wins this season alone. Nice! Boise State, USC... At Tennessee. I agree. That's pretty good, right? I also
2: want the worst losses in Independence. I want that list, too.
0: Let's make it together. I can tell you right now who's number one. uh, Because UMass in 2017. Because
2: South Florida's showing up on that list, too.
0: UMass in 2017 and probably South Florida in 2019.
2: Right. Where there's light, there's darkness, too, right? (laughs) Like, yes, the good and the bad. What's your opinion? What do you think?
0: I don't think this is the toughest BYU football schedule ever. It's one of the tougher ones, maybe four or five. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. It's like, yeah, yeah it's tough, but I, I see like three or four other ones, and I'm like, that was also tough. 1991, very tough. 2004, to me, is the toughest schedule that BYU has ever played.
2: Losing record season.
0: As my good friend at CougarStats pointed out. in the last good friends? 40 like you've had dinner? Over Twitter. In the last 40 years... Of college football, only two teams have faced three undefeated regular season teams. Okay? BYU did it in 2004, and Clemson did it in 1999. BYU took on three undefeated teams in the regular season. USC, three? The eventual oh, national champion. State. Utah, the first BCS what? buster. And Boise State. Oh, Matt four. Payne, just make that field goal, and it's you beat that team, and they're not undefeated. What does a made field goal look like? I have forgotten. BYU played... Notre Dame to open up that season, a win in Pro Bowl. Then they went to Stanford and played a really good Cardinal team and got I waxed. was on my mission
2: trip doing this in Brazil. Our next guest can sympathize.
0: Wow. Okay. 2004, to me, three undefeated teams in the regular you
2: season. You get no reward for playing a tough schedule unless you're in the college football playoff.
0: What is the point of this? Why? If you pay it off. If BYU beats Toledo and if BYU beats USF, the Cougars are 10-2. and They beat San Diego, 10-2. and I always hear if. I know. I never hear when or that.
2: (laughs) Always if. Our question of the day. Come at me with wins.
0: Would you consider the 2019 BYU football schedule the toughest schedule in program history? Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
1: This is the Voice of the
0: Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Jeff Albright answers on Facebook. He says, yes. 2019 features the most ranked teams. Most teams going to a bowl. We'll
2: have to look at that. The most ranked teams. like Three? Like when the dust settles after the uh, season. Let's look at, okay, historically... How many teams has BYU, did BYU play in any given season that finished ranked?
0: Three currently ranked not, teams.
2: Not beat or, or not won or lost, just how many did they play?
0: BYU has two wins against currently ranked teams.
2: Well That's crazy, right? <laughs> so that shows you that BYU could be really good, and then they could also be really bad. Like, why the disparity? That's one
0: of the crazier stats, because Utah has zero wins against currently ranked teams. And they lost twice all year.
2: Like, I just. That's I just, crazy to me. I, I just it's finished crazy. watching Chernobyl, and you, you've watched too. BYU is the nuclear reactor. When contained, could beat USC and Tennessee and Boise State. <laughs> the core is open! But when the core explodes, there's <laughs> some serious uh, radiation that like, kills people, right? That was serious. Um, you know, B, BYU lost to South Florida and Toledo. Like, come on.
0: What does the decimeter say right now?
2: Right, 3.61. <laughs> That's the max on that. Jeez. And I know that's a serious thing. People died from that. I don't want to make light of that, but just the idea of being
0: uh, contained or exploded. right? Containing control.
2: Okay, coming up. Should Lavelle Edwards be higher up on the top 150
0: coaches list? Plus, former BYU basketball sharpshooter Jonathan Tavernari is making amends with an old rival coach. I think he's also on the tournament train. We're going to find out. BYU Sports Nation. Bacia Porta.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Tonight, Steve Alford and Nevada back in the Marriott Center taking on BYU. Coverage begins on BYU Radio pregame 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific with your boy Jason Shepard.
0: Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our pleasure now to welcome in Jonathan Tavernari, current BYU basketball analyst for us, former BYU basketball sharpshooter, and a man who I believe is on the tournament train currently right now. Jonathan, are you on the
1: BYU basketball tournament train? I Let's keep, let's keep that. Let's keep that forty-two percent three-point shooter, really? up and I'll stay on the train. Okay. Do you think forty-two okay. percent sustainable? That feels like I think, a high number. I think I called that at the beginning of the the season. You know, one of my first times you're on the show, I said that I thought forty-two percent was the sweet number for them to be able to be successful. Can we pull that? You said actually, they had so, to be,
0: you had to be forty or better.
1: Yeah, and so and, and that's my thing. I think that it, when you look at. Um, you know, and I, you know, just just talking with people, you know, inside the program. But when you look at their losses to Boise, uh, maybe their loss to San Diego State, those were good shooting nights. But if you put the average of those two games together, you're you're not at that, that threshold of 40 percent or 42 percent. And so I, you know, uh, and just listen to the segment before you guys talking. I think that number it's important. And uh, over 40 percent of their baskets coming from three. I mean, it is. A three dependent team. And, you know, obviously Yoli has only played two games, so, you know, maybe by the time conference starts we'll have a little bit better notion of that. But I've said it all along, I think mean, I think all of us did that if this team keep it up to shooting like that, they'll be able to, to be successful and you know, hopefully the NCAA tournament it's it's here again.
0: Now the anomaly is BYU shoots twelve for twenty four from the three point line against Utah right. and loses that game. Uh, so there will be those nights, but more often than not, you would think that making twelve three pointers
1: in a game right. is going to result in a win for BYU. And that was that was such an, a weird game, right? It was so it was surreal. I mean, I I had a I had a, a previous commitment, but as I was watching the replay and tweeting about it, I'm like, when does you know when does the the car fall off the cliff? Because Ten minutes to go, five minutes to go, we're right there you know they they 're right there to win this game, and then, out of just a moment 's notice, you know the the little kid that looks like Goku you know kind of goes <laughs> super excited and just goes <laughs> no. crazy and just starts lighting up everybody and so But I think that it was a it was a lesson for them to learn you know i 'm really happy with what i 'm seeing from the coaching staff and, and their schemes and and i 've told i 've told Pope that many times. I really like what I see. They have flashes of greatness, you know. Um, And it could be a whole lot worse. I mean, look at the first-year coach at UNLV, and he has his hands full. I mean, because, my gosh, there was not a happier person when they smacked UNLV because that is one team I cannot stand. (laughs) And so it is the only team that I have a, a negative record against. Mm. When I was, you know, from my time here at BYU, and so I, you know, obviously being a Bishop Warman guy, and I cannot stand the rebels, and I, I'm like, put forty on them, <laughs> take off the starters, full court press, and so <laughs> full court uh, press. It, it would be a whole lot harder for for this coaching staff to start from scratch with all freshmen and sophomores, so they're having the benefit of getting a, a senior led group, and so. But um, I, I, going back to the point, I think. Three-point percentage is really a key for this team, and I think we said it all along.
2: You made a great point. This number's going to go down in terms of the 41% of the points coming from them because Yoli Child's in here. So what have you noticed in the two games of the biggest difference schematically with BYU with Yoli Child's in now?
1: Right. Um, So when you were on vacation last week, I'm just joking, (laughs) (laughs) but it's you get this shiny new toy, and you get one of the top players in the country that you have nothing going on. You can just throw the ball in there. You space on the opposite side, and boom. If he gets double team, he will find the shooters, which he did at times. Um, but if he's not, I mean, I like the chances of Yoli going one on one against anybody, and so and that's what we saw the dominance. You know, he really looked like a man amongst boys in that first half, and even in the second half until until, and it was interesting. I was talking to his high school uh, AAU coach and. It, it, Tim Davis. Yeah, and I don't know if it was, and I was talking to Tim, I don't know if it was at the 16-minute mark or the 10-minute mark. On the TV, it's hard for you to tell, but it looks like it was halfway through the to the second half that he kind of started feeling something. Um, but he was still dominating, right? And so, I think that's the biggest difference, that we're going to see more of an inside presence. Um, I also think that Jake Tolson, and you could see that a little bit in these last few games, needs to be idolized more inside inside the the, the paint. More yeah. like back to the basket, almost like lee kamar did like tyler haas did i think that those are the ways that we can be efficient um and the rotation you can kind of see it against utah when you know when they had the 16 point lead that he kind of put in jake to kind of take the reins a little bit when yoli was out and so it's the future looks bright i think a seven and two this seven and four this team should be at nine and two right now you know but can't cry over spilled milk
0: Jonathan Tavernari with us on BYU Sports Nation. We'll get to your kumbaya moment with Steve Alford in just a bit. But let's talk about what the Nevada Wolfpack bring in. You watched them practice yesterday. Yeah. How do you think BYU matches up against the Wolfpack?
1: Well, I think it's an interesting team. They're very long, right? I mean, they're long and athletic, which it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster when it comes to BYU. However, in those, those flashes of greatness that I mentioned, Houston – an extremely athletic team, BYU went to his, Houston, excuse me, and manhandled them. Right, um, San Diego State, incredibly long and athletic, BYU manhandled them for 37 minutes out of a game. And so with Yoli, that shouldn't be an issue. Um, Kobe has taken tremendous uh, strides to be better, and he's improving, as as, as Mark Pope said. I think it'll be an interesting game. I do think that it's a very important game. It's uh, the first stretch of decision. Uh, excuse me. Uh, the only stretch of the season that they do back-to-back games against uh, top 100, uh, Can Palm uh, teams. And so it is. It's kind of like I said about the UNLV game. It is a very critical game. Get them in the gym. Just you know, just beating the living heavens out of them and get rid of them. Get shooting. And tonight is the same thing. Got a really good team in. I mean, I know they lost to Utah um, and they lost to USC, but UNR, uh, they beat Santa Clara. They pounded them by 31 points. And so I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an important game for rhythm to get confidence um, Yoli's first game at the Marriott Center, and so I think it's there's a lot of things going on that, that you know that, that can be a positive for BYU.
2: It is Yoli Child's first game at the Marriott Center.
1: I'd forgotten that. That's a great point. Yeah, I I should be sitting on that chair. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's,
2: and so. a, it, it's good to hear a great point. That's awesome. Uh, Steve Alford um, and you. So let's rewind. Was it '09 or '10? I'm trying to remember. It was uh,
1: February of 2010.
2: So 2010. You you and uh, Steve have an interaction in the line, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It goes national. Steve gets reprimanded. Yeah by the conference and whatnot. And so you went to practice last night, and, uh-huh. you, and you made it. After that game, you guys talked and right. reconciled, and
1: you were good. Well, it, so wh- where do we sit with this? Well, just I'll take a minute here, but think about the, the magnitude of that game. Up to that point, there was no Jimmer and Kauai in San Diego State and BYU. That was the highest-rated game in Mountain West Conference history to that point. We were number, I, I think we were 10 and 11, and they were 10 and 11. So it was a top-10 matchup. And the winner of that game took home a championship, a conference championship right um, and so and it was it was just a slug fast, it was physical. I think the final score was fifty five fifty four it was it wasn 't a high scoring game, which for us back then it was it wasn 't heard of, and we ended up losing, and it was quite a bit of controversy, and we lost on a last second putback or whatever um, but i was you know I was shook and i was it was senior night. I was very emotional i didn 't have a good game. And I was looking at the scoreboard, and he is right in front of me, and he came to kind of give me a hand and give me a hug. And my first reaction was to kind of push him out of the way. And then we kind of just went back and forth, and, um, you know, he said what he said, and we all caught that on, uh, on camera. Um, <laughs> as soon as we go back to the locker room, the first thing I do is I go to Tom Homo, and I said— Please come with me. I need to fix what I did wrong. And I go straight to the locker room. They're celebrating. I take time off. Um, Roman Martinez was with me on the photo. I don't know if you guys shared the photo. Yep, we did. And I said, hey, can you get Coach Alford, please? And I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. I started it. Please accept my apologies. Forgive me. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. You know, and 10 years went by, I think about a handful of years ago. My father-in-law, I actually saw him in the airport and shared with him how I was doing you know back you know back in the time I was in Italy and he said oh Jonathan was always one of my favorites loved compete against him I'm following his career blah 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 and so this is the first time that I had a chance to go in and you know it was it was it was interesting it was smiles and and, and hugs and and we had some great great battles against them you know that's back in when the Mountain West was at peak and you know and it was very it was a lot of uh A lot of heat at the moment in battles at the pit here at the Marriott Center. I mean, we had, for quite some time, the longest home winning streak. And so we had a lot on the line. And, you know, it's at the heat of the moment, you know, prop to Mark Pope against Utah for saying that the referees are courageous. Brave. And just props to him because, you know, I – being the emotional person that I am, and I sound very calm and eloquent and polite when I'm here with you guys, but I, you know, <laughs> as you guys remember when I played, I, I'm not like that when you know when I'm on the court, and you know it's yeah, but it all all you know, water under the bridge, and hugs and smiles, and just hope our Cougars take down you know the Wolfpack yeah. tonight.
0: Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Hey, coach, it was great to see you, but I hope BYU destroys your team tomorrow. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> and,
2: and those were some epic battles, like you talking about. New Mexico had BYU's number. Oh, yeah. No one had BYU's number. Except you and I, for New Mexico, and UNLV. well, well, and on I their on their home that. court, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> let's right, talk about you're the right, positives, you're right, right? You're yeah. right.
1: So, <laughs> uh,
2: by the way, Dalton Nixon reminds me of you a little bit in that this kind of stretch for. Yeah. How about his evolution? He 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 has become a dynamic three puncher. Yeah.
1: And so, um, Dalton and Kevin, uh, Nixon, Calvin, uh Dalton's next will be the first to tell you that when uh, Dalton signed in, uh, well, signed up when he was you know coming in from high school. I took him out to lunch, him and Kevin, so it wasn't a violation. Uh, Chad Williams, everything's okay, all right, <laughs> no problems. But because nowadays you got to make sure everything's okay. Yep. Um, took him to lunch and just I showed Dalton a lot of my film. This is how you can be used at BYU, and unfortunately, it took him four years to be used that way. But it, unbelievable, right? I mean, first three seasons barely can toss a rock in the ocean and it kind of gets returned. Kind of like Maui, you know, when she tosses the thing and comes back to her. But um, with with him now, it's he is shooting with confidence. Like he catches and he's ready to go. So proud of him and wish this evolution had come sooner. But, you know, like you talked about, would have, could have, should have, not with. Give me when and dad and all of that. So anyway. Yeah.
2: Give me threes. Yes. Give me threes. And right. Dalton is, right?
1: The eloquent and
0: sometimes emotional Jonathan Tavernari. <laughs> back with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great to talk to you, man. Appreciate
2: it, guys. Thanks for having me. And no one's going to yell at you as you leave. We just want you to know that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, we'll see. (laughs) Coming up, my rise and shout-out goes to a non BYU athlete who attended BYU.
0: Plus, Lavelle Edwards in the top 25 all-time of college football coaches. If you heard his number, should it be higher? This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: Can you take me higher, ask Creed? Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes. Tune in on Google Play and enjoy On Demand. Subscribe, rate, and if you don't mind, review.
0: Ah, yes. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling with a loaded edition of the Cougar Whip. Whoops! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's
2: basketball. Cougars host ESPN BPI number 55, Nevada tonight. Not to be confused with Nevada. Nevada. Pre-game on BYU Radio, an hour before the game at eight Eastern, five Pacific.
0: Um, we need to add that to our list of how not to say things.
2: Yeah, we're going to do a PSA about Nevada, Boise State, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga.
0: Okay, so there are three there right now. We will make an official PSA. Bill Steele. Okay. Mark Paul, BYU basketball head coach, confirms Richard Harward, one of his big men, did not receive his NCAA transfer waiver and will not be eligible to play this season.
2: At this point in the season, I'm okay with that. Sure. just Next season.
0: Played enough. BYU's played 11 games already.
2: Yeah, don't I don't want it now. Yeah. Football. LaBelle Edwards is selected as the 22nd best coach in the 150-year history of college football by a panel of 150 members consisting of media members, administrators, and former coaches and players.
0: Volleyball. Mary Lake, Heather Nidding, and McKenna Miller all receive AVCA All Regional honors in the Pacific South Region. BYU's in the Pacific South. Sorry, region?
2: Sorry, uh, both of those do not apply to BYU Pacific oh, okay. South. Is it the South of the Pacific or the South
0: generally? I... None of that applies. Kennedy Eschenberg received an honorable mention in the so much honor All Regional. Pacific South region.
2: <laughs> I hope to be honorably, honorably mentioned in heaven. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Track and field. Whitney Orton sets a new BYU indoor record in the 5,000 meter at the BU Sharon Collier Danville yeah. Season open, Opener.com. She ran a 15 98 28 seconds faster than the previous record. I can't impress upon you the
0: amazingness of this statistic. A half a minute faster. That's incredible. Yes. Typically, it's like, oh, I beat the record by one or two seconds. Right. Like one one hundredth. I know that distant races are a little bit more, you know, like they're more spread out with those records, but 28 seconds.
2: 1,500 meters is almost four laps. It's not like it's that far. Come on.
0: Holy cow. Well done, Whitney. Our question of the day. Would you consider the 2019 BYU football schedule the toughest schedule in program history. We went through the specifics earlier in the show. If you missed it, download the podcast. Right now, we want to hear more of your responses. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Isaac Kimball answers on Instagram. Yes, until next year. The 2020 schedule is on paper right now. Bonkers.
2: Uh, Okay, you ready for this? Y'all ready for this? At Utah, Michigan State, at Arizona State, at Minnesota. Luckily, Minnesota's not any good. Oh, wait. It's quite a first four. Utah State, mm-hmm. Missouri, oh, boy. Houston, okay. at Northern Illinois, in DeKalb. Can't wait to visit DeKalb, Illinois. At Boise State, okay. San Diego State, North Alabama,
0: <laughs>
2: at Stanford.
0: <laughs> Just go through November, Jerem. Just go through November. Okay? Like, Do you smell that? Six and six. Hey, that's, that's what, what that smells that's like. That's what a lot of people thought about this year, too. Oh, the schedule's impossible. BYU will be lucky to win six games. The Cougars were in position to win nine. In position isn't good enough. Winning is all that matters. How many of those teams will be as good as we think that they are based on what they're doing At right Utah now? Utah won't be as good. Michigan State will be better,
2: probably. Arizona State is getting better. They have a freshman quarterback. At Minnesota, PJ Flex. Roll, roll the, the boat! boat! Utah State. Jordan Love's probably going to transfer. to Texas like.
0: Tech or maybe Oklahoma. Dude, that would be incredible if he goes to yeah. Oklahoma. Utah State will not be as good.
2: Missouri, I don't know. They're, SEC, Huge tough. question mark. Houston. They'll be better. They'll be
0: better. Because Derek King redshirted. By the way, uh, Houston is also on the list of potential transfers for Jordan Love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bring it. That was easy this year. Three okay. picks.
2: Okay. At NIU. Go th- win that game. I think BYU should yeah. win that game. At Boise State. Never
0: won on the blue. Intriguing. Oh.
2: Okay. San Diego State. Revenge. San Diego State. Will they be as defensively sound as they were this year? Will they year, be right? as
0: offensively bad as they were? North
2: Alabama. That's live a on BYU TV. That's a win. Most likely. To win. Right? That's the worst game,
0: uh-huh. so we get it. At Stanford. Who knows what Stanford right. will be? Right. But Are they going to have a new tough. coach? Are they going to have a new coach? No. No way. No. Is David Shaw still the coach yes. of the next year? Yes. 100%. Come on. Okay. Yes. Eight players enter I'll the transfer portal. I'll shave your head if he's not. Eight players from Stanford entered the transfer portal this week. Eight. Wow.
2: Eight. Guess what? They're getting all the Utah County kids that we always trying to get. You know what I mean? Tanner like McKee. When- Hey, BYU. Second year on his mission. (laughs) No, second year on his mission. That's so hard. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yay, we're going to win the preseason schedule national championship again.
0: (laughs) Who cares? Ben Peterson on Twitter. No, it's not the toughest schedule because of the lower end teams on the schedule. While there were some tough teams, there were some very easy ones as well. Everyone plays easy teams. UMass was so bad that it negatively affected the overall difficulty of BYU's schedule. UMass was probably the worst Division One college football team in the history of the sport. What do you want? RPI again? <laughs> RPI for football? Is that what well, you want? Well, UMass was rated like a 100 spots lower than lower division it was, teams. It was 80! Show some respect! Greg Skaggs on Twitter. Hashtag 2020. Yes,
2: 2020. All
0: eyes on that 2020 schedule. Yep. Good, thing,
2: good thing Kalani got that renewal. Otherwise, that would have been the last year <laughs> against that. Oh, my gosh. Coming up, end one picks.
0: And is number 22 all-time a fair ranking for the great Lavelle Edwards in the list of greatest college football coaches? Oh. We discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Number one in our heart.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Most people don't have a basketball and a Christmas tree, but guess what we do because we love the hoops. In fact, we love BYU basketball with Mark Pope. It uh, premiered. The series premiere was last night. You can watch it on demand. Go to the BYU TV app, search uh, Mark Pope, uh, or you can uh, go to the BYU TV app or BYUtv.org slash Pope Show. It's also going to replay tomorrow after BYU Sports Nation.
0: Yeah, when you watch the open of the show, you just get—I get that early '80s feel, that vibe.
2: Panavision.
0: Yes, WW84 comes to mind when I was watching the Mark Pope open. Yeah, yeah good yeah. vibes, man. Yeah, good was, vibes on that it was show. Fun.
2: Thanks to everybody that was a part of that. We had a, a great time last night.
0: On with the conversation surrounding the great Lavelle Edwards. As part of the celebration of 150 years of the sport of college football, ESPN put together a list of the top 150 coaches in the history of the game. This list was compiled by a panel of 150 college football media members. That sounds awful. Administrators, plus former coaches and players. <laughs> As mentioned earlier, the legend, Lavelle Edwards, ranked 22nd on that list of 150. Jerem, is number 22 fair, or should Lavelle rank higher on that list?
2: So looking at the list, I think it's pretty fair. Um it- We know the influence of Lavelle Edwards certainly on the game, and it's been awesome. The number one coach was Bear Bryant. Two is Nick Saban. Three is Newt Rockney. Four is Tom Osborne. So you get a sense of the quality that goes there, right? (laughs) Like Dabo Sweeney is 31, by the way. Barry Switzer, 13, for example. Uh, Walter Camp, 17, and so on. Behind Lavelle gives you a sense of where he fits as well. Lou Holt. Lou Holt. Number 23. is 23, right? Uh, Vince Dooley, great Georgia coach after that, right? And so on. Um, I think 22 is probably fair. One of the top 25 greatest coaches. Great, Yes. Well-deserved. The nation reveres the man and the coach, as we all do. And we got to know Lavelle Edwards during his uh, tenure after BYU because we were kind of too young. We were in high school when he finished up uh, at BYU. But pretty awesome. And what they said about him was pretty cool. I I like a particular line in there as well.
0: Yeah, listen to this, and I quote from the release. Edwards did more than lead the Cougars to 19 conference titles, 10 10 win seasons, and that incredible run to the 1984 National Championship. He did more than take the vertical passing game and use it as a cudgel to bash down the door to the national elite, although grooming five first-team All-American quarterbacks is pretty cool. Here it is. Edwards used college football to take a regional religious institution and turn it into a brand.
2: So good. We continue.
0: BYU became known for exciting, entertaining, edge-of-the-seat college football, and it proved that three yards in a cloud of dust wasn't the only way to win games. It was just the old-fashioned one. End quote. I
2: think that line, Edwards used college football to take a regional religious institution and turn it into a brand. Perhaps the church feels like, well, we weren't regional, but guess what? BYU football has become, and, and this gets talked about, right, is an arm of the mission of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Brand association helps. Like, I joke with a lot of my Sunday school class that Jimmer Fredette's the greatest missionary of all time, right? Because he got the brand of BYU and the church out there, right? Where it's like, oh, that guy does something that I relate to, right? Sure. Good football matters. Like, if BYU had 10 straight losing seasons, the church would say, you know what, is it worth doing this anymore? Is it worth it? BYU needs to be good at football. BYU needs the money to be good at football as well. So these go hand in hand. And what Lavelle Edwards did was took just a mediocre program to a national championship, the last group of five or non-Power Five team to have a national title, last uh, non-Group Five team or Power Five team to have a Heisman, BYU has a brand built on what Lavelle Edwards did. So to have him in the top 25 certainly makes sense.
0: It's a very short list that helped really establish the national brand. At the head of it is Lavelle Edwards. And then there are individual players. Danny Ainge, Steve Young, Ty Detmer, Jimmer Fredette. Jim like McMahon. Jim McMahon. These, Jim McMahon. these guys yeah. helped solidify what Lavelle Edwards was building and has established,
2: and this all matters. It, like sometimes, uh, I think there are people who think like, "Well, does athletics really matter?" Yes, your brand matters. If BYU football is good, that means you get better students at the institution. Remember when Florida Gulf Coast made the Sweet Sixteen? All of a sudden, Florida Gulf Coast became a name. It's a th- it's a thing. It's a, it's a brand. They have an association based on something they did. And, and sports are more mainstream than general academia. So it's important for the university for football to be important. This is a football school. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's a, and I joke, it's a volleyball school. Like, this is a football school. The crowd for the Sitake Show versus the Pope Show tells me it's a football school, right, of, of how many people show up and how many people are interested and TV eyes and TV money and whatnot, and Lavelle played into that. We are constantly, constantly scratching, itching for what was during the Lavelle Edwards era. Mm-hmm. Bronco Menenhall kind of went that direction for a four-year period with those 6 to 9 But BYU has yet to do that, to not just beat Utah, but to dominate Utah. And Utah's certainly in a different place. But we are constantly aching for what used to be when it was the millennia, if you will, the millennium of BYU football, the rapture the ever when it was when BYU was the best team in the land.
0: BYU fans love playing in the ESPN conference, right? Oh, it's good to be a member of the worldwide leader to be in their good graces. You can thank Lavelle Edwards for that. Right. You can thank right. Lavelle Edwards for why BYU has such a good relationship with ESPN right now. I know that there's maintaining that goes along. But it wouldn't exist. There wouldn't even be an opportunity for BYU to have this ESPN deal if it weren't for almost 30 years of Lavelle Edwards as the head coach and winning games and 10-win seasons and turning a regional religious institution into a national brand. You ask any coach across the country, what comes to mind when you think about BYU? Well, they're a national brand.
2: Like It's synonymous. Lavelle Edwards comes in the top three there. Let me add one that adds money and prestige to BYU as well. Nike. Yeah. Phil Knight Love and Lavelle Edwards were really good friends. Yep. Really good friends. BYU was on the Nike train early and continues to be on the Nike, uh, associated with Nike. And that is the brand, in my opinion, you know, in, in the world. Nike for apparel. And so BYU's had these really awesome associations because of Lavell Edwards. And he was an amazing coach. He knew how to uh, delegate and distribute. And his coaching tree is unbelievable. And the players, unbelievable. They all loved him. We all love him. The, the stadium is named after him. Like, the fact that the stadium, most of the buildings on campus are named after a religious leader associated with Church of Jesus Christ of latter Saints, whether a prophet or an early apostle or something. The fact that the football stadium is named after Lavelle tells you what the Church mm. of Jesus Christ of Latter-day oh, Saints man. feels about Lavelle. Yeah.
0: What an ambassador for yeah. the school and for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know what I wish he would have done? I wish he would have recruited Donnie Osmond as a punter. Could he kick? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Via the power of love, yeah. just bang.
0: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hey, we're talking about maximizing. Uh, you know. The missionary tool of the church, right? Well,
2: why didn't we have David Archuleta <laughs> exactly. as a golfer or yeah, something, as you know?
0: director of football
2: operations. Yeah. <laughs> See David Archuleta at your linger longer Sunday night, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Coming up, my rise and shout-out to a man who should be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Plus our and-one picks for Nevada and BYU. I guarantee the three-point shot will be involved in those. This is BYU Sports Nation. Nevada. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by... BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. If only we could stream our commercial breaks live. We can. <laughs> it's going to be on BYU TV
2: Plus. It's going to be 5 bucks a month.
0: Uh, oh, shout out to Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, it's on demand. I demand
2: it be on demand <laughs> on BYU TV and BYU radio uh, apps. Yes. We have apps. They're free.
0: Let's but play, they're more like an entree. Let's play and one. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Yes, it's Nevada and BYU. Presented today by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event, our and one picks. Jeremy, you're up first. BYU has made 10 plus threes in a row, four
2: straight games. Oh, I say that that does not continue. Uh, BYU will make nine or fewer threes. Tonight, it'd be the first time in five games that happened.
0: So at some some point, they're they're going to drop off.
2: Yeah, tonight will be the night. Okay. My and one pick, BYU won't cover. I think this will be decided by seven or fewer uh, points. And uh, I don't know that Nevada wins the game, but that would be included in this. I think BYU wins the game, but I think it's a tighter game.
0: Okay. So the Cougars will not win by eight plus. Correct. Okay. My first pick, BYU will make at least nine threes. Oh, you dog. And one. Yes, we'll get into the dynamics of that in just a second. BYU will have 33 rebounds or more. They average 32 right now in a game. Proceed. Yoli Child's yep. influx. I think BYU, against a athletic and long team, will still best their season average. They'll have 33 rebounds or more as a team.
2: Let's imagine that you don't get this. What would you say as if you were Stephen A. Smith?
0: See, <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible! <laughs> BYU had 31 rebounds! <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we need to make the BYU version of, yes. of Stephen A. Smith. Yes. And it's probably well, It was
0: absolutely irrehensible.
2: It, it was an abomination. It, it's it's not Stephen A. Smith, it's Dan Smith.
0: Yes, it's Dan it's Smith. It's the voice of Dan Smith, who's your local accountant. <laughs> okay, so BYU make at least nine threes. Yeah. I, I We're don't going head to head on that. Well, almost right because you said oh, that we make, could have nine. They could have okay. nine, and we both nine. get it, yeah. and we both get it. That'd be not awesome. Okay, so anyway, kind of a fun dynamic there. And one score, Jeremy's leading by two, fifteen thirteen. And then Jason Shepherd. Well, we, yeah. our question <laughs> of the day: Would you consider the twenty nineteen BYU football schedule the toughest schedule in program history? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, answers that. Brian or Jack on Instagram. No, because 2020 looks rough. Oh, it does. We Today, went
2: through all of it. Today's rise and shout-out. Mine goes to Dale Murphy, two-time NL MVP, not voted into the Hall of Fame on the modern baseball era ballot recently, one of 10 in the class. Tended BYU in the offseason, by the way. That's where he met his wife. Yeah, I'm going to get in on that. Love Dale
0: Murphy. He was the, Murphy. the speaker been at on the, the, the first show. pitch dinner a few years back. Yeah, got an autographed baseball from we him, had on him on, on the, the show. Best. That was awesome. Our thanks to today's guest, Jonathan Tavernari. always entertaining. And sorry to Dennis Pitter, we ran out of time, dog. Hello,
2: Farmers Jerram. Conversation
0: continues 24-7, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to Logan Magnuson. Go Cougs!